0: Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett.
1: I'm Mandy Whitaker.
0: And we hope to provide a moment of sanity in a busy week of ministry. We've been in ministry for just about 20 years and have seen just about everything. And we hope to bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not joined by Matt Rice today. We have an amazing co-host, the amazing Mandy. Mandy, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hey guys, I've been in ministry about 15 years and I had the great privilege of meeting Chris Bartlett about a year ago and you know, a uphill or downhill if you know him from here.
0: Wonderful. And what do we do? We actually work together. So mm-hmm. what is your role at Ablaze Ministries?
1: So I work under Project YM and I'm the master of details, which means that I do a ton of things behind the scenes and just kind of serve youth ministers all over the country.
0: Yeah, she is absolutely amazing. There's a lot of digital questions, concerns, things like that that require a pastoral response. So her main mode of uh, of ministry is the keyboard that's in front of her. Yep. And a lot of times phone call follow-ups as well. But there's a lot of neat ways that you've used your legacy of experience in youth ministry absolutely. And, and translated that to, now, how do I minister to this pastor that has this question, this uh, this parent that has this question, this youth minister that's struggling with this issue? And I think that's absolutely beautiful. Now, we are actually joined in the studio. So we have a, a guest co-host, which is super exciting. But we also have a special guest that's with us today. But I want to plant the seed first. Today's topic is how to share Jesus at Walmart? So we've all seen the website People of Walmart, and if we haven't, you need to. It's it's definitely a Friday night thing, not like a Sunday morning thing. But uh, People of Walmart, and there are just some very unique folk mm-hmm. that you can that you can encounter. But any. Folk is a folk that needs Jesus. I'm, I don't know Amen. why I just all of a sudden started, started getting all re- redneck on y'all, but that's the reality. So we're joined with someone with expertise in Walmart, the CEO and executive of Walmart. No, actually, we're, we're joined by Chris Frank, who's the uh, vice president over at Vagavon Ministries. So Chris, welcome and tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. And here at this podcast, I am the lesser Chris but Vagabond Missions, we do inner city mission, right? We do outreach and ministry to those on the outskirts, uh, those who have been marginalized. And so we go to neighborhoods that aren't being served by the church and do our best to build relationships to introduce them to Jesus Christ. And so sounds simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is simple, but it's also at times complex and difficult.
0: And so I think one of the beautiful things is if you've ever been in ministry and been intimidated by someone, like you've encountered 14-year-olds with tattoos. You're like, how's that even possible? You know what I I mean? It's like, so that's pretty intimidating. So the idea of sharing your faith at a Walmart isn't quite as intimidating for someone who's really gone to the inner city and reached out to those on the margins. Sure. But as ministry leaders, so often, we find ourselves in a context to where ministry is something that we do on our turf. Mm Yeah. Right. Yep. Then there's no other ministry opportunities because we haven't gathered. There's not a sign in sheet. You know, there's not whatever it is. And I think that uh, one of the things that we need to do, especially in this newer age, when people aren't coming back as quickly and where the majority of Americans no longer claim a religious affiliation. It's like, well, if they're not gonna come for formation here, we're gonna bring God's love to them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So this topic, uh, how to how to share Jesus at Walmart, it kinda came, Chris, from from one of your experiences. So it just kinda just kinda walk us into this.
2: Yeah. And it's not even really my experience. It was just a friend who shared his witness and his example. And we were just hanging out, I don't even know, a few months ago and He was just sharing this story about how he went to the store to pick up some groceries, and it just seemed like so lazy and everyday and mundane. And then he just said that he was shopping and he just felt like, well, maybe I'm supposed to go down this aisle. And he saw someone standing there and felt a prompting of the spirit to just start a conversation. And all of a sudden, before he knew it, was having a conversation with this stranger about God there in the middle of Walmart. And I remember him telling me this. And I was like, that's so weird. And then he's like, yeah, but, you know, like I was just there and it just felt like God was there. And so I just took a step in faith. And I just remember thinking like, I want to go to Walmart with God, (laughs) you know, like I want that moment, you know, and I'm sure that moment has been in my life, but there's probably been fear and insecurities that kept me from actually stepping out in faith. And so my friend's witness, his story called me on and yeah, just shared that with y'all and your missionaries and and trying to keep that in my mind as I go out now to Walmart or Kroger or wherever it might be. And if I have the opportunity to share Jesus and his gospel. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Uh, beyond the keyboard, right, Mandy? I know you've got a couple of wonderful kids and a fabulous husband I'm friends That's with. true. Yeah. Yep. But beyond the keyboard, like sometimes I think that we in ministry are almost clocked. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a ministry leader, but when I get home, I'm just going to be a dad. And that's a great, that's a great ministry as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and But even sometimes then now, once the kids are in bed, I'm off the clock. But as, as someone who does ministry all day and comes home and is an amazing mom, do you see those opportunities in your everyday to be like, oh, I'm going to invite Jesus on this grocery pickup that yeah. I'm doing or whatever?
1: Well, I think the big part of it is you have to look at the whole world as our mission field. <laughs> you know, walking to the bus stop, walking into the grocery store. Recognizing that at every single moment we represent Jesus and somebody might need that extra smile or the hello or things like that, that we're just kind of void when you're sitting at home or walking in the grocery store. So I think if we can look at our whole world as that mission field and not just, oh, it's only when I'm on the clock, it's only when I'm doing this service thing, but it's truly all the time.
0: Now, when you were in full-time parish life, Mm -hmm. did did you find that to be easy or was it difficult when you're like, Jesus, I'm done with you right now? Because it's been eight hours and actually nine because the staff meeting went for two. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like did you find yourself tempted sometimes to just kind of, I'm going to check out and just be my tribe. And Christ, you're at the center of my tribe. But please don't ask me to have a conversation with the person that just walked in front of my house or whatever.
1: Well, you know, I still, I have a story that I, to this day, makes me chuckle a little bit. Because you give announcements when you're a parish ministry leader from the pulpit. So people that you might never see, see you and they know you. So the story when I was in the grocery store one day, I'm just, you know, I'm grabbing beer. I'm grabbing whatever I need. And a teenager walks at me and goes, Mandy, you have beer in your cart. Okay. I was over 21, Yes, (laughs) you know, but it was just this moment of anywhere I go, anyone that I might not recognize would see me. And so just recognizing that at any moment we're, you know, quote unquote, on the clock. So my husband and I, we prayed a lot about do we live in the area of where our church is and where we could run into people, or do we try to move outside of that circle? And for us, it was important to live in the boundaries of it so that we could have those encounters at the grocery store or walking in our neighborhood or things like that.
0: And sharing life and sharing the gospel are kind of two very different things and your friend's experience in the in the bread aisle or whatever it was yeah, yeah. is uncommon. Uh, But I think God creating opportunities for something like that Mm -hmm. is more common. So his was an exceptional experience. What, Chris, does the ordinary experience look like? I mean, what is it when you guys first approach a a youth and you're not praying with them 10 minutes later? Like, what does it look like when you're encountering someone who isn't like, I showed up to listen to Jesus, you know? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. We just spent all week talking about this. It doesn't look much different from how you start any other conversation with any Mm -hmm. other person that you're meeting, whether it's in a meeting or in a church. You're just trying to make some kind of basic human connection. So we don't necessarily lead with the Bible, right? We hopefully lead with the grace of the Bible, but we're just talking about shoes or music or their shirts or just the weather, just something boring to have some kind of basic common ground to start Mm -hmm. to create a safe place. That will hopefully open the door, like you were saying before, for deeper conversations down the road. Awesome. And so, yeah,
0: what does it look like? I'm just an average guy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also I depend on feedback, right? Mm-hmm. And so negative feedback, I I want to avoid. Yeah. Like back in middle school, they'd be like, Oh, I like that girl. Or high school, I like that girl. And then you walk up and like, I'm going to talk to this girl. And then it's like, I took two steps forward, and then my hands got really sweaty, and I'm like, Oh, what if she wants to shake my hand? And then I run away, and then I never talked to girls until I, you know, was 34. So it was a challenge that that's intimidating. Like you're. At asking me, like, why don't you ask God to put someone in your life or in your way at this next opportunity at Walmart or wherever? But the fear of rejection or for someone being like, dude, I just came to pick up some mayonnaise, you know, like, could you please leave me alone? Or, or that they might get offended by that or that you might get rejected by that reality.
2: Yeah. Like, does does that happen? Of course. Oh, absolutely. And just to be totally transparent, it's not like every time I go to Walmart or Kroger or whatever, I'm going down every aisle and just tapping people on the shoulder and asking if they know the love of Jesus Christ. Sure. But when those opportunities arise or there's the prompting of the Spirit, I do try to respond to that. But yeah, it can get awkward quick. Mm Mm-hmm again, I shared some of these stories, but there's been moments where I've been on planes and I just felt like, I'm going to share Jesus with them and it does not go well. And then I'm stuck next to this person for three hours and it's silent. And I feel like I am just the worst youth minister missionary on the planet. But there's also been moments where you just realize that even though rejection is possible, that I feel like this might be a, an important moment. And if nothing else, all that I'm really doing is just asking a question or asking if I can pray for them. Mm. And so it's really not like I'm trying to start an argument. I'm not trying to, you know, hit them over the head with my Bible. I'm just trying to connect with them and show them a moment of grace. And if they don't receive that, you know, pray for them. God might be working on them in a different way at another point, but that's not so much a reflection of me. I was faithful to what I thought I was supposed to do. It stings that it didn't go the way I wanted it to go, but Jesus took up the cross, so I can take a small rejection in the grocery aisle.
0: Yeah, and I think that God is glorified by that because we took a step forward for Jesus. That is where the gift is made is in the offering. Whether or not the gift is received isn't in our hands, right, but in offering. But I do think there's a balance, you know, and and, and you had shared— During our formation week, like, we don't want to go around and hit people over the head with the Bible. But at the same time, we don't want people to walk by and just be like, care, bear, stare, and I'm going to shoot kindness at you. You know what I mean? Like, to to where we don't actually engage in those people because our God is an incarnational God. So he enters into their world, enters into our world. But you did share a story about a time where you were a little bit overzealous. So
2: for... For me, when I was in college, uh, I was part of this mission trip um, at my university. And the whole goal of this mission trip was to send a whole bunch of college students who love Jesus down to the beaches of Florida to minister to all the other college students who were entering into the basic traditions of spring break. And I remember, again, similar situation. All of my friends, not on Walmart, you know, but on the beach this time, are having these amazing encounters with peers and students their own age. And I was just striking out left and right. And it was our last day. And I just remember, again, being filled with shame and and just feeling like I'm a failure. And I saw this guy at the end of a pier just looking like something from a movie, right? Just sad, forlorn, Lauren just looking out the ocean, probably contemplating like the deepest mysteries of life, right? That's what's in my head. And I just think like, I'm going to, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to step out in faith, share the gospel. And, and that's what I do. And so I go up to this guy and without even introducing myself, I start doing some of the best preaching I've ever done, right? I just, from Genesis to Revelation, I am just going through the Bible and all that God has done so that this man might know that he is loved. And I probably talk for five, maybe 10 minutes straight. I'm trying not to exaggerate. I mean, I- Like without taking a breath. Without taking a breath. (laughs) Everything I can, I'm filled with so much adrenaline, so much nervousness that I just go for it. And again, I'm not hitting him with the Bible, but it's about as close as you can get without actually stepping over that line. And I remember looking at him and finally realizing like, okay, I've talked a lot. I think I exhausted everything I know about God and theology. So I should probably give him a chance to respond. And he looks at me and he doesn't even speak English. Like, I have no <laughs> idea what he says. It's like some Eastern, like European dialogue. And I'm just like, ah, uh, you know. Bye. Bye. Right. Uh, God bless you. You know, and I just get out of there. And again, another failure, but uh, I was trying my best. And you know, so,
1: I hear that story and I think, I don't know that it's a failure because even if he couldn't understand what you were saying, truly, he had to see this passion. He had to understand the name of Jesus, hopefully. Yes. You know, so it might be a failure, but I still and think who, it was a seed. No, maybe be a he actually red. spoke English, right. and he
2: just gave me a line in another <laughs> yeah. language, and I just got out of there. But it was yeah, so powerful. I tried he was best. speaking
0: in tongues. That's yeah, maybe right. it was tongues. Yes, maybe it was tongues. <laughs> yeah, but but Mandy, I think you make a good point. One of the fruits of that conversation, I definitely believe that God can work through through that mm-hmm. gift offering in that man's life. But one of the fruits of the conversation is that you grew a muscle yeah. of like I am going to use my lips to share and proclaim. And you grew that muscle on someone that didn't speak English. Like, yeah, that might not be the best way. But when I go running, I'm exercising and I'm running in a big circle, a quarter mile loop, right? So that's not getting me anywhere, but it does. It gives me places because I have more energy I'm more healthy Mm -hmm. and all these different fruits that come from it, even though the actual activity doesn't seem that way. And ministry leaders, you're listening and you guys literally share the gospel in different ways, in different contexts. And I guess my hope is that we could be challenged to use that muscle in a Walmart or in a non-ministry setting so that we can share that gift beyond the walls because people are not coming back like they used right. to. Right.
2: And I think you're right. I think there's going to be a lot of people now that we're hopefully inching towards a post-COVID world that aren't coming back. Right. I don't know if we know the effects of of where our church is going to be in the next five or 10 years yet, but I do think that there's going to be a lot of people who are on the periphery who haven't been to Mass for a long time. And they haven't been struck by lightning yet. And right. so why are they going to come back? Right. And I think we're going to have to not stop programming. There is absolutely always going to be a place to invite people into the church and to give them a safe place to hear the gospel. But to start thinking about those people who are on the margins, who are out there looking for a home and some spiritual insight that the church has been offering for 2,000 years, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason has never entered the hearts of, of these people again on the margins.
1: Well, and some of those people might not even feel missed. Right. And so all they need is somebody to come out to them to show them that we miss you. Our church is empty without you here.
0: Literally. Yeah, (laughs) right. The other piece is a lot of people's impression of the church uh, does not come from Catholics. Mm. There's a lot of impression from former Catholics, and there's a lot of impression from the media. The optics of the Catholic church, they're not good right now. And so if they can encounter an incarnational version Mm -hmm. of that love, like this is Mandy Journeying with me. She just she was at the grocery store and we were buying similar things and we got in a conversation. Two weeks later, we're having a play date. She's got wonderful kids and crucifixes all over her house. (laughs) And I started asking her about it. Next thing you know, we're crying together, praying together. And she gives me the rosary her grandmother gave her. Like, whoa, you know what I mean? And and it's it's an on-ramp, but I don't think that there's a lot of shallow end in the in the pool Mm -hmm. uh, of Catholicism. And Mm -hmm. so we have to be that on-ramp, that shallow end to let them test the waters, to let them see and taste the goodness. Uh, Instead of just throwing them in the deep end and being like, hey, do you love Jesus? No. Well, you should. Here, dive into the church. It's like, I don't understand what's going on in mass, you know? So, yeah. Yep.
1: One thing I want to ask about, you talked a lot about the prompting, Mm -hmm. that you're being prompted to do something. Chris talked about your hands getting sweaty and all of those things. So can you talk a little bit, how do you know that you're being prompted to do something? And how do you open yourself more to be Open to the promptings. Yeah,
2: and I'm sure this is going to be a little bit different for all types of people. But for me personally, I pray often to be sensitive to the Spirit because mm-hmm. I know that I'm easily distracted. I know that I can easily become complacent. And if God's not pushing me forward, then I'm probably, I'm probably in a precarious position to say the least. Mm-hmm. Right? So I pray for prompting the Spirit and that if God wants to use me, that I'll be available and be able to answer that grace. So that's the first part, that, that if we're really open to this, then we need to make sure that we're sensitive to the moments that God has called us to. But the other thing then is asking God to actually like make those moments happen. Yeah. That there might be some divine appointments or that there might be a graced moment where, again, you could be at Walmart and you just need to get bread, but maybe God has something else in store. Right. He wants you to get bread and yogurt because someone's in the dairy aisle, right? And so whatever it might be, and again, I'm not saying that happens very often. Maybe it does, but just that we're open to it might be the first step Mm -hmm. to, again, Reaching people, sharing Jesus, and just making a human connection to be a representation of Christ and his church.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but what if we could rethink some of the things that are ordinary in our life right. and make them intentional right. and anointed? That'd be beautiful. The other piece I want to touch on in regards to it, you mentioned my hands getting sweaty. I was nervous and uncomfortable in the analogy of, of talking to a girl as a, as a ninth grader or 10th grader or 20 year old, whatever it is, you know, it just, it just keeps going. I, I, I was a late bloomer, maybe. And now, <laughs> now I'm oversharing. I was definitely a late bloomer. And, uh, and so I had always kind of had this almost insecurity about it. And a lot of that comes into play when I'm trying to share something uh, like gospel related. And, and I have to invite the Lord in to be like, God, if this is going to happen, yeah. It's got to be more you than me, but I know that I have to participate and take that step. But honestly, if we're just doing ministry that's within our comfort zone, then we're not doing God's work right. because, because God calls us out of the boat, right? Peter was a fisherman and he was very comfortable in a boat. Mm-hmm. He was not comfortable where the fishes were, much less standing on the water that Mm-mm. they swam in, you know? And so what what ways are you stepping out of the boat? Um, because I, I don't want everyone to say, well, let's stop programming and let's just hang out at Walmart. Even though the week before a retreat when you're purchasing things, it sure feels like that. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but what, what would it look like for you just to take one step out of the boat, right? And and we still need that boat because mm-hmm. there's people that are coming to the boat regularly. Yeah. But what does what one step out of the boat look like for you? The cool thing about Vag- Vagavan Ministries is that you guys live a- outside of the boat, Right, yeah. and, and you guys, you guys are walking on water, but you're also walking on the shore where no one even thinks to fish, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a lot of lost, lonely, and people on the margins. The thing is, is the poverty that you guys encounter is the traditional sense of poverty in the midst of all these other poverty. But Gen Z is considered the loneliest generation. Mm-hmm. Like there is mm-hmm. a poverty out there that exists all throughout. There's a poverty of relationship that many people are experiencing, and we know the richness of the Lord that can like almost overwhelm that poverty and make it go away. And we need to be the conduit Mm-hmm. to in, uh, To help people encounter the richness of the Lord. And it's hard when we only play home games, like yeah. it's, it's only right. when you come to our church and our parish, but it's scary otherwise. So I just, I guess that's it. How do you, cause you, you lead missionaries, Chris, yep. like how do you empower them to have a zeal that isn't to where they're preaching to people that don't speak English, right. Um, or that don't, you know, understand the words that they're saying. How do you get them to have that zeal to where it creates that boldness and that courage mm-hmm. to take that deeper step in yeah. the work that you guys do? You know, part of it is, and
2: you said this word incarnational, it's, It's by turning them to Jesus and seeing what Jesus did for us. Right. Because he could have just snapped his fingers from heaven, never left his throne. He could have just stayed on the mount and said, like, here's a sermon. Come back next Sunday. I'll do another sermon. Right. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. He journeyed with people. He walked into their world, into their life. He sat with them, had dinner with them. And so we take a good amount of time looking at how Jesus did ministry and try and emulate that. And then what we do is is we try to set them up for success as much as possible, right? So we go out in groups because it's a little better when you get rejected, but there's people around and Mm -hmm. you can kind of just be like, well, we tried and we can laugh about it and everything like that. So there's a kind of place where we can process. But the other thing is that we can work on the relationships that we have. And sometimes we ask them to start actually in the boats, right? So we were talking about like families mm-hmm. before, like, I'm going to be honest, for me, my wife and I, we love Jesus a lot. We're missionaries, but some days we go without talking about what Jesus is doing in our day, mm. right? you know? And It's a safe place. Like I know I can talk to my wife about Jesus, but because we get busy and because Mm -hmm. whatever, and we pray, but but we don't process, we don't talk and we don't take the time to kind of build each other up. I mean, we do in different ways. Watching the office is a great way for us to bond, (laughs) right? But but in general, like you can start in the boat. It's a safe place and you can start in the church, maybe Mm -hmm. not at a program, but in the narthex of the church after mass. That person who's just like trying to escape after communion, like, Pull them aside, welcome them to church, you know, see what they're up to and see if they want to come and get a cup of coffee with you. Yeah. That's a safer environment. And then when you get those reps, like you were talking about, then you can start to push more outside the comfort zone, more into the margins, the Walmarts, the Kroger's, outside the schools, whatever it might be. And it's just a little easier because like you said, you grow the muscle of how to share Jesus, but you also learn that when the rejection and the sting comes, you're still standing. Mm. You're still standing. Right, Like my identity in Christ, the fact that I have a wife who loves me and kids who love me tolerate me most of the time, right? Like yeah, for sure. They're still there for me. My friends are still there for me. And so a sting and a rejection in a moment hurts, but I'm still standing. I'm still loved. And so, again, you just start to kind of build that confidence. And even when it doesn't go the way that you hope, you know that you're going to be able to have another shot somewhere
0: down the road. Yeah. And on a micro level, that that's exactly what we should be doing. But like on a macro level, sure. like in the church as a whole, uh, your parish as a whole, mm-hmm. like it's time to rethink ministry altogether. Yep. Yep. COVID so. didn't take away the fruitfulness of our programs. I think that COVID revealed that our programs were lacking fruit, mm-hmm. yeah. right? But they, they were a system and people kept coming through the system. But the fruit of that, especially if you look in youth ministry specifically with 80% of those who have been involved in the faith by age 23 80% of them are gone mm. right and so that that's terrifying it's like well what have we been doing and then okay covid let's just get everything back to the way life was before covid it's like
1: maybe it shouldn't
0: well, yeah i don't i don't know right. if, if retaining 20% is what we're aiming for right. i think we need to aim for something different but this is the way we've always done things that was honestly the language of a lot of parish structures mm-hmm. And now it's like, no, 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 let's not just step out of the boat. But if we want to step back in, let's step back into a different boat. Right. Right. right? Let's rethink right. things that we're doing there as well. And so there's this opportunity that exists that has risk attached to it all over the place. We're going to be uncomfortable either way. It was uncomfortable to move to Zoom and digital and all that stuff. And it was heartbreaking. But now we have a chance to move to a different spot. Let's not take a step backwards.
1: Right. The time Um, is now. Yep. Yeah. You're going to do it. Go for it. And
0: taking a step forward might mean actually taking a step to the side because we need a new direction. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So to really, to really think about that. But these tactics, these techniques that you're sharing require the same boldness just to even rethink the way that we've been doing ministry. Right. Right. And again, even just to
2: get real specific, like sometimes it's not always just tapping someone on the shoulder and saying, can I talk to you about Jesus? Sometimes it's, and not to get to, like you said, like the care bearer analogy, like there mm-hmm. has to be something that separates us from a YMCA or from big brothers, big sisters. We're not just trying to be nice to people, but if Jesus is in our heart, it should reflect on our face, mm-hmm. right? Like we mm-hmm. should smile at people. Like right. we should ask about their day. Going through the, the grocery line for me, like one of the easiest things I could do is just say, God bless you as I leave. And I don't know how many times that's happened where I've said that and someone's come back and like, thank you. God bless you, right? Or one time someone actually asked like, do you believe in that? I was like, yeah. And we started to have a little conversation, didn't go anywhere. I'm not gonna say that like, you know, she's now levitating around Kroger or something like that. <laughs> but, but we just had a 30 minute exchange of, yeah, I actually do believe that prayer matters and that God can bless you. And I asked, can I pray for you? And she said, sure. And that was kind of it. Like she didn't even know much about prayer, but but it was the start, right? And mm-hmm. maybe she started a conversation somewhere else, or some other minister or pastor somewhere down the road is going to build on what maybe that conversation started. But that could have been the have first
0: to... domino or the next
1: domino. Exactly.
2: Right. Yeah. Exactly. We don't and need to
1: overcomplicate. It. You don't have
2: to overcomplicate it. But there is a thing, and we talked about this too, because I think a lot of us lean back onto Saint Francis and those famous words, mm-hmm. right? Like preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. And I think we hear, behave appropriately, but keep your mouth closed. Yeah, <laughs> Right? And yes, there is something about the way that we act, and there is something the way that we you know, kind of conduct ourselves. Absolutely. If our actions don't measure up with the gospel, then whatever we say is not going to matter. But if we're acting a certain way and people see that, then we have to be ready to share and give a witness for our hope. And so— mm-hmm. We do
0: use words. Yeah, there's there's a neat accountability that comes in some of these pieces, because one thing that Matt Rice does, who's uh, normally where Mandy's sitting, and he, th- even through the drive-thru, he's like, hey, this is my order, and is there anything I can pray for you for? But there's been a season in my life as a ministry leader to where if I said that, that would mean that I would have to start praying again. Mm. You you see what I'm saying? So the the when we talk about that Saint Francis quote, like we have to have that living witness first, that authentic relationship right. with God, in order for it to radiate from us, like I know it did from Saint Francis, mm-hmm. you know? And so the, there is almost this this element of like, why does it intimidate me so much? Well, what if they asked me a question about my personal prayer life and I had to admit to them that it's garbage? You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. that that would be that's that's why I'm intimidated. Well maybe I need to get that in order and that way I can I can I can stand firm maybe they're going to ask me a question that I don't know that's easy mm-hmm. like, people ask me questions I don't know all the time you, you go to the source, you say, I'm going to journey with you. Yeah. Or if it's my children, I just make something up, you know, but, <laughs> but don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Even if you're at Walmart with your children, don't do that. My kids believe that there might be a battery shortage. And so they, they now remember to turn their toys off, you know, like <laughs> COVID, you know, there was the coin shortage, <laughs> the toilet paper shortage, and now the battery shortage. And it's effective, but it's not right, you know? <laughs> so anyways, okay. The tangent aside, um, but I, I do think there's, there, there's something beautiful that when we are bold in that area, it also ministers to us. Yeah. Because then we walk away and like... If I just had that encounter and I got rejected, I feel like compelled to pray for that person. Mm -hmm. Like something Mm -hmm. deep is going on. Jesus, you need to be there, Mm -hmm. you know? And if I have a positive experience, it's like, I'm going to pray for that person. Like there's this joy of like, thank you for letting me share you with someone. Let's keep praying for this person. Uh, But either way, when we put faith into action, it puts more action in our faith as well, which is a beautiful, beautiful reality. So Well said. Yeah,
2: Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah, and I think even just to kind of double down on that a little bit, I mean, yes, there have been times I've tried to share Jesus with people in a random location, and it went well. And there's been times that I've shared Jesus with people, and the gospel was rejected. But there's also been times that I felt a prompting to try and share Jesus, and I just ignored it because Mm. I had to be somewhere or because I got scared. And obviously, like, the wins feel great, and the rejection does sting from time to time. But as I look at all three of these, the thing that I usually feel the worst about is the times that I feel like I had an opportunity to share Jesus and I didn't do it. The the apathy hurts the most. Yeah.
0: And it haunts you.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. It really does. Yeah.
0: Good. So share Jesus, even if at Walmart, but I want to challenge you guys to share Jesus outside of the normal context as ministry leaders that you share Jesus. And so just invite the Lord to what Chris called earlier, a divine appointment. Mm -hmm. Lord set me up for a divine appointment and expect actually rejection, like expect failure or rejection. I remember being on that Sun Life trip and, Uh, every evening everyone would share. Uh, Well, they would have like five or six people share and it was always glory stories. Mm -hmm. Like this worked out really well or this was awesome. And then I'm over there in the corner (laughs) being like, I just got yelled at by like six people. Like, and I always went up to older people because they're less intimidating than like these college students or whatever. And I am a college student at the time. So to take one step in that direction. Chris, if they want to keep this dialogue going or or learn more about kind of Vagabond Ministries, what you do, how could they find you? How could they contact you? Whatever. I mean, you can
2: find us on social media platforms or go to our website, (laughs) vagabondmissions.com. I would love to connect with you and talk to you more about what we do. And if we can help you in any way, uh, again, step into the margins, uh, we'd
0: be happy to do that. Awesome. And Mandy, what about you? Where can people find more about what you do with with Project YM and everything?
1: You can also look us up on social media. If you're a youth minister out there, come join our free Thrive platform. That's just for youth ministers, thrive.org. R-S, and you can come check it out and join the conversation.
0: Wonderful. Well, here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. But if you want to go far, we go together. So take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and to take one more step in boldness into a Walmart or wherever God is calling you. And we will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you.